Welcome to Drawing Near. If you have any questions or comments about today's study or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Today on Drawing Near, we take a look at some very personal thoughts of the Apostle Paul. It is a close-up view of his love and concern for the believers in Philippi. So open your Bible and turn to Philippians chapter 2, and let's study that you may rejoice. As we prepare to study God's Word together, let's pray. Father, as we come before you today, we do so humbly and gratefully. We are humbled, Father, by your love and mercy toward us, a grace that provides forgiveness of sin and the promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the faith that you provide for us that enables us to trust in you and trust in your Son. We ask, Father, that you would guide us and direct us today. But, Father, we're also grateful. We're grateful, Father, for the blessing of each new day. We're grateful for the privilege to serve you, to learn of you, and to study your holy word. Now open our hearts and our minds to the truths of your word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. The passage that we're going to study today is a fairly lengthy passage. It covers a lot of personal detail for the Apostle Paul and the Philippian people. So we're going to cover it a little differently than we typically do other passages. Beginning in Philippians chapter 2, verse 17, we read, Yes, and if I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. Paul is referencing here the fact that he is in prison for the gospel. He's in prison not simply on behalf of the Philippian people, but he's imprisoned for the gospel, a gospel he takes to people and communities like the people in Philippi. And so he says, if I am being poured out on the sacrifice and service of your faith and the faith of people like you for your coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, then he says, it's worth it. I'm glad and rejoice with you all. I'm glad to suffer, to give my life so that people like the Philippian people may be saved. And he said, and for this same reason, I want you to be glad and rejoice with me as well. I don't want you to be sad about my imprisonment. I don't want you to be sorrowful even if I have to give up my life. I want you to rejoice because in giving up my life in whatever way I have to, people are getting saved. Now, that's a mature perspective on suffering for Jesus Christ, and it's one that we ought to take up. We need to rejoice with those who suffer for Christ as well as pray for them. But we need to understand it's worth any price to see other people come to faith in Jesus Christ, and that's what Paul is referencing here. This is not a morbid attitude toward death or suffering or sacrifice. It's a healthy faith attitude toward those things. But then Paul goes on to encourage in verse 19, he says, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. He wants Timothy to come to the people at Philippi so that he can learn what's going on in their lives. He wants to know how they're living, how they're faring in their walk with Jesus Christ. And so he wants to be encouraged, so he's going to send Timothy. In verse 20, he says, For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. 
for all seek their own, not the things which are Christ Jesus. Well, he's not really criticizing other people. What he's saying about Timothy is this. Timothy's sole purpose is serving the Lord. He doesn't have a family. He doesn't have wife. He doesn't have the cares of this world to encumber him. Other ministers, and Paul references this in other letters, have those kinds of responsibilities that limit what they can do. Paul has taught that he desires other people to be single like he is single so that they can fully devote their lives to serving Jesus and not to caring for a spouse or the family or those kinds of things in this world. He is not criticizing these people. The King James doesn't communicate this very well. What he's really saying is, Timothy is like me. He will wholeheartedly and solely care for your state. Other people seek their own. In other words, they have a spouse, they have children, they have earthly concerns here, and they are not solely concerned about the things of Jesus Christ. It it sounds bad, doesn't it? But he's simply saying, Timothy is going to give you his full attention, and his attention is not going to be divided between you and a family. In verse 22, he says, but you know his proven character. So he's talking about Timothy's character and the fact that the people in Philippi know him. That as a son, verse 22 again, with his father, he served me in the gospel. Timothy is trustworthy. Paul is trying to commend Timothy to them so that they will trust him and receive him as they would Paul. Then in verse 23, he says, therefore, I hope to send him at once as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly. So he wants to find out if he's going to remain in prison, what his sentence is going to be, how the judgment is going to fall. And then he's going to send Timothy to the people at Philippi so that they can know Paul's circumstances and so Paul can learn from Timothy about theirs. But ultimately, as Paul often does when he writes these letters, he's telling the people at Philippi, but as soon as I can, I'm going to come to you. Now, he's not saying that that's going to happen for certain because he doesn't know if he's getting out of prison. He doesn't know if he's going to be executed, nor does he know what the Spirit of the Lord is going to do in his heart and life. That's why he says, but I trust in the Lord that I myself might come to you shortly, that God is going to deliver me, and I'm going to come to you. Then the tone changes just a little bit in verse 25. He says in verse 25, Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. Epaphroditus is carrying this letter to the Philippian church. He's the messenger. Now the Philippian people had sent Epaphroditus to Paul to minister to him with their love gift. But Epaphroditus had gotten sick, nearly dying in his service to the Philippian people and to Paul, literally in his service to the Lord. And so Paul is sending Epaphroditus now and Timothy later. He describes Epaphroditus as my brother, a Christian, a fellow worker in the gospel, and a fellow soldier. That's high praise. That's high commendation from the Apostle Paul. That's how Paul views him, but the Philippian people saw him as their messenger and one that they had sent to minister to Paul. 
but Epaphroditus wanted to go home. He was concerned that the Philippian people were overwhelmed and distressed because they'd heard that he was sick and nearly died. In verse 27, we get more information on this. For indeed, he was sick, almost unto death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Paul did not want Epaphroditus to die, but he much more did not want Epaphroditus to die in caring for Paul. Paul didn't want to be the reason why Epaphroditus lost his life. We need to remember, sometimes in doing the extreme things that God may call us to do, we may lose out on some things, even our lives. We may lose out on finances. We may lose out on certain pleasures of this world. We may have to sacrifice for Christ. But ultimately, we need to be willing to surrender ourselves, whatever the cost, to doing the will of God and serving with the mind of Christ. In verse 28, he says, Therefore I sent him the more eagerly, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and I may be less sorrowful. He says, I'm going to be relieved when Epaphroditus gets back to you, because I'll know he'll be safe and sound, and he won't be suffering on my behalf. Notice what Paul does, though. Paul doesn't mind suffering on behalf of others, but Paul has trouble allowing others to suffer on behalf of him. There are many of us like that, aren't there? Verse 29, Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such men in esteem, because for the work of Christ he came close to death, not regarding his life. He did this to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. He was willing to lose his life just to carry a care package from the Philippian people to the Apostle Paul. That's an amazing thing. Why would someone risk their life for something like that? Because in doing so, he was actually serving the Lord. His service to the Lord included his service to Paul or to other people, including the Philippian people. And so he was willing to take the journey. He got sick and he almost died. And now his heart is calling him back to Philippi to encourage the people. We are to hold people who are willing to sacrifice and suffer for Jesus, to empty themselves for our sake in high esteem. And I hope that we do. Father in heaven, thank you for today. Thank you for this brief passage that shows so much of the Apostle Paul's heart, his heart for the Philippian people, his heart for Timothy, for Epaphroditus, even his heart for his own service to Christ. There is so much we can learn from this passage, how we are to view our suffering and sacrifice, how we are to view the cares of this world, not that those things are wrong, but how they might impede our service to you and how some people are called to serve you wholly, only, instead of a spouse or children or other cares of the world. We thank you for the love of Philippian people that try to love Paul in a way that they want to care for him in his imprisonment and for the Epaphroditus of the world who deliver such love. Father, help us to serve in this same sort of way, the way that Jesus served. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. 
You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.